please turn with me to Romans chapter 15, where tonight we'll be looking at a single verse, verse 13. It's on page 1141 in the Pew Bibles, page 1141. And as we read this verse, look out with me for the repeated word. It's a word that's used five times in this chapter and twice in this verse alone. So Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right, the repeated word is hope. And if you forget anything else I say this evening, just remember this. Since God is your only hope, put your faith in him so that you overflow with hope. I'll say that again. Since God is your only hope, put your faith in him so that you overflow with hope. We're going to spend the next few minutes briefly looking at three aspects of that hope. Firstly, God is our only hope. Paul addresses his request to the God of hope. And this hope isn't a woolly feeling that if, if we're lucky or if we're good enough, that somehow things will go better for us in the future. No, hope is that certain expectation that all who put their trust in Jesus will be saved. Our sin makes us the subject of God's anger, his wrath, his judgment. And if it were not for his rescue plan, we would truly be in a hopeless situation. And yet God gives us hope because he sent his son to be punished in our place. Throughout this letter, Paul has been at pains to point out that this hope is now available to anybody. Once it was restricted to Jews, but now Gentiles are included too. So this is great news for us Gentiles, for God is our only hope. And not only is God the source of our hope, but by uh, God the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, this hope becomes a reality for us. We do not have this hope by our own efforts. No, it is the gift of God. Praise God for his precious gift of the Holy Spirit. And as a thought for our prayers tonight, how do you address God when you pray? Do you always address him the same way? If not, why, why not bring some freshness to your prayers, a bit of focus, by praying to God and addressing him by one of his attributes? Now, Paul here uses God of hope, but what about God of love or God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Heavenly Father? God of peace. These are all ways that God is addressed in the New Testament. Secondly, what is our right response to this God of hope? If God is our only hope, we must put our faith in God. You see there in the middle of the verse, there's a condition, a condition on receiving the benefits of hope. You must trust in him. On the one hand, 
you need to have put your faith in Christ for the first time. By the Spirit's power, you must have turned from your sin in repentance and put your trust in Jesus, believing that through his death and resurrection, he has paid the penalty for sin and set you free from its slavery to live for him. Have you put your faith in Christ yet? If not, please don't let this opportunity pass you by. Today is another day of God's grace. He is patiently waiting for you, but he will not wait forever. So please come and talk to somebody about it. Come and talk to the person who brought you, to any of the members here, to me, to Paul. We'd love to tell you more about Jesus. But whoever it is you speak to, please don't leave here tonight without that certain hope of sins forgiven. On the other hand, even if the Holy Spirit has already come to live within you, you still need to be trusting in Christ. It's easy, isn't it, to put aside that gift and to return to trying to earn his favour. Do you think that your prayers tonight will earn God's approval? Or your diligent progress through the McShane Bible reading scheme that we're doing this year as a church? Or leading a Bible study or helping with a creche or sharing the gospel even with a neighbour or a friend? No, none of these things make us right before God. God's anger is set aside purely on the basis that you have put your faith in God. And so finally, let's look at the benefits of putting your faith in the God of hope. Look again at verse 13. Paul prays that God will fill you with all joy and peace. The joy that God offers is like that of a man who has found a field of, full of hidden treasure. Or it's that same joy that Rhoda the servant girl had when she heard Peter's voice at the door after an angel had set him free from prison. She was so excited that she forgot to open the door. She left him there and went back inside to tell all the others in the house. Or less frivolously, this is the joy that was set before Christ, giving him the motivation and the resolve to endure the cross. And what of God's peace? Now, this word is most often used to mean the peace of knowing that all is well. The peace of being at one with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And being at one with God. Being at rest and free from all fear. Peace is part of God's very nature. We read that he is the God of peace. The Lord of peace. The King of peace. And he freely gives that peace to all who trust in him. So that wherever we go we may go in peace. But aside from the benefits to us, there's an even greater motivation. God fills you with joy and peace. Why? So that you may overflow with hope. What would it look like for us to be so full of hope, the hope of the gospel, that we overflowed with it? Would we be able to stop talking about Jesus? Would timidity or the fear of ridicule prevent us from inviting people to the Passion for Life events this Easter? Would we be consumed with our own worries? 
If in all honesty, you would have to answer yes to some of those questions. Pray that God will pour out his gifts upon you. It is right and good to ask him to do that. But always so that we may overflow in blessing to others. So since God is your only hope, put your faith in him that we may overflow with hope. Let us pray. God of hope, please fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.